Hey everyone, you are now listening to the Land Great Holy Land Recruiting Podcast State Secrets with Patrick Yen, Jay Collar, and Ken James. And we are back for another edition of State Secrets, your favorite Ohio State recruiting podcast. Mine too. And uh, just me and Jake Collar today, no Ken. Um, How's it going, everybody? I think uh, James Laurinaitis is, is in town signing autographs at Homage, and I, I think he's working the event or something Signing like that. Ken's chest as we speak. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of excitement for Ohio State. Right. The, the matchup has been decided, but... Yep. It's crazy how how little time off a college coach gets, and you can kind of see why they they can burn out, and it gets crazy because this is the first week in a while they don't have any football, and then immediately they're all over the country recruiting. Right, especially with the the shift in signing periods over the last few years, and you would think you know get a get an invite to the CFP and you can have a few days off, but absolutely not. Time yeah, to go recruit. literally the day after Sunday. They're already on the road, and then all week they're on the road, on the road, on the road. But before we get into all the visits that our coaches made, let's start off, as we always do, with our Friday Night Fighters. Sorry about last week. I actually made a mistake. Texas was in their quarterfinals last week. I I thought they were in their finals like almost every other state. They were in their quarterfinals. This is their semifinal this week. So Jackson Smith and Jigba, we still get to see more of him, which is... Great. We we might just rename this segment Jackson segment or something like that. Yeah, honestly, because he's going to play today against Duncanville, which is the fifth-ranked team in the nation, according to Max Preps, to try to get into the final next week. And then last week in that quarterfinal game against Prosper, just another absurd game. Uh, Six total touchdowns. Again, this is his at least his second six-touchdown game, which is unbelievable. Four receiving, two rushing. Had also, you know, 218 yards on 11 catches. It's pretty good. No no big deal. Yeah. And uh, nine rushes for 26 yards. So just another unbelievable outing for this guy. I mean, all due respect to Julian Fleming, who I love, and, and all the other receivers in the class. But, I mean, just based off the production, it really feels like Jackson Smith and Jigba should be the number one receiver in this class. Yeah, and you wonder if it wasn't for the fact that it's just always been Julian Fleming had maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba would be number one. But, yeah, it's it's been a wild season for him. He is 59 yards away from breaking the Texas all-time record of 5,424 receiving yards. He's also four touchdowns away from breaking the single-season touchdown record as well. So both of these things, you, you assume that he's going to get in these, in, if not in the next game, you know, if they do end up getting to the final, almost definitely. He may end up with that at halftime of this next game. It would not be the craziest thing that he's done a little higher ranked competition than last game but still i mean texas football 6a football is crazy i mean the team that they played in the you know before the quarterfinals allen they're perennial champions and he put up six touchdowns against them so just uh, unbelievable by this guy and and we're going to continue to really follow that with interest they're going to play today at 2 30 we record this on a saturday i know you guys aren't going to listen to monday but you guys when you guys are listening to this definitely look up how he did and see if he if he broke probably very well would be my guess um just a little bit of a fun background as well he's actually racing with another current texas guy for that career uh receiving record marvin mims who's an oklahoma commit is just like 10 yards back of Jackson Jigba and Marvin Mims is also still in the semifinals. He's on the other side of the semifinals. So it, in an interesting way, if they both win their games this week, next week, they're going to be playing each other for the crown. Fun little one-on-one battle for wide receivers. 
You got to you got to keep him at number two though, Jackson. It's been you all season. Right. Don't let him pass you now. So grab that single season touchdown record. Grab the all time yardage record. Marvin Mims has the single season yardage record. He's got twenty five hundred on the year this year, which is insane. That but, is also good. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on from you know Jackson Smith and Jigba talk, which it's it's its own segment at this it, point. It really is. Uh, let's talk about the other the other high schoolers um, and their championship games. Kyle McCord, Marvin Harrison Jr. They won the Pennsylvania six A championship last week. McCord hasn't played all playoffs he, he had a knee injury but just saving himself for for next season they're both 2021 guys after all right and uh, Harrison Jr. ended up with three passes caught for 44 yards on a touchdown not crazy numbers but after Kyle McCord went down they put a wide receiver back there and their talent level is just really far above a lot of the other Pennsylvania schools they're playing so yeah. they're just kind of running the ball down their throats not a lot of passing going on but he still got a touchdown so yeah good for, I mean and for the coaches if you don't have to throw the ball don't yeah. yeah, and then uh, G. Scott Jr. and his team, uh, Sam and Mish Eastside Catholic, they also won their state championship. G. Scott led his team in receiving, had like 86 yards. Not a bad day. Right. Unfortunately, though, when we're in this hyper competitive environment of trying to get to a five star, this game was probably not enough to get it. He's gonna really need to dominate at at the All Star games right. and at the at the combine to maybe get that fifth star. And I think you make a great point because this was the last time you see him in. I don't want to say competition, but in in game, yeah. it counts competition. The All Star games are great, and you get to see elite prospects go one on one. But they're all also trying not to get hurt yeah. in these things. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. He's still got a chance, but it's probably more of an outside chance to get that fifth star. But four or five star, Pat. I'll gladly take it. Yeah, I mean, roster. still going to have four top 50 guys yep. in, in this class. It's just you wanted that that legendary three, three triple five star, but, you know, we'll see. And then finally, uh, St. John Bosco, which is the number one ranked team in the entire nation out of California. Court Williams, bullet for OSU. Right. They're going to play today in their championship against De La Salle. Yeah. So that's going to wrap it up for our Friday Night Fighters. We're going to move straight on into our commit spotlight because kind of a surprisingly loaded week for recruiting this week. You know, past couple weeks have been kind of low, but this week just early signing period is, is coming up real soon. Right. Uh, I, at junior colleges, I think they kind of opened up their transfer portal, whatever you want to call it. So a lot of jun- JUCO guys moving around too. So And for the, the teams that aren't going to the playoff, everyone's bowl games are going to start here in the next week or so. So it's a wild schedule for the coaches of those teams yeah. to be able to go see these guys they want to see. Right. So ton of stuff going on. We'll, we'll try to hit it all. But we're going to do our commit spotlight again. Uh, Mitchell Melton is our commit spotlight. Basic stats, 2020 outside linebacker, 6'3", 235. He's a three-star guy, 8742 composite, 541 overall, 37th outside linebacker, and 19th guy out of Maryland. A bit lower than we're used to doing spotlights on for yeah. OSU, but I think if you, you know, as we go through it, you'll see why this is, an, this is still an OSU guy and why he can still be a huge contributor. Absolutely, OSU caliber. Once again, I know we bring it up anytime we talk about any sort of three-stars, but Chris Olave was a three-star. I think you said Bradley Roby. Bradley Roby was a three-star. Also a three-star, yep. and both those guys will be going to be playing on Sundays. Oh, yeah. So. Two, four, seven numbers, which, you know, are, are kind of shaky, but that's all we got to go on. Yeah. He has them at a four eight seven forty, a four two seven shuttle, and a 32-1 vertical. 
these numbers aren't super mind-blowing, except I do want to pay special attention to the shuttle. Right. That 427 yep. shuttle is actually quite fast. That shuttle time would have put him tied fourth at the 2019 NFL Draft Combine for edge rushers, which essentially is what he is. Right. You know, a name that you guys might recognize, Montez Sweat, who had an amazing college career. Yeah. He, he would have been faster than Montez Sweat at, at this. So... Maybe the straight line speed number is is not great, but he's got agility in spades. And it's important once you if you start to get into recruiting and want to learn how to how to view these guys, it's important to know what numbers to look at for what position. And this is a, a shuttle is the number you want to be looking at here for your quote outside linebacker spot. For his high school career, he plays for Our Lady of Good Counsel High School in Olney, Maryland. They are the Falcons, and they won their state championship game 16-14 against the St. John's Cadets as part of the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference. So another one, I mean, Catholic schools are generally the kind of the powerhouse right. in most places because they can, you know, do a little bit of recruiting right. <laughs> in high school. Whether but you his, like it or not. Yeah, his team, Good Counsel, is the ninth-ranked team in the nation, uh, and they finished with a 9-3 record. He plays on elite at an elite school, they play against elite competition, right? And he still is showing out despite being a three star, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, and as as we saw on the tape, I mean, this guy's shot out of a cannon a lot of times directly at the quarterback. It's just nothing wrong with seeing a guy take down the quarterback, <laughs> and he he did that a lot. So, 2019, they have him listed as an outside linebacker slash wide receiver. I couldn't find any wide receiver numbers. His tape did not have any highlights of him playing wide receiver, so I'm assuming this is kind of just like a nominal Probably lined up there once for something. Yeah, or maybe he did it last year and they just carried it over from last year. He's more of a pass rusher than a true linebacker. You know, it's a lot of different... Outside linebackers can mean a lot of different things depending on the scheme that you're playing. Definitely. He's playing as a pass rusher, essentially. Um, He finished the season with 19 sacks, Jake, in 12 games. That's a lot of getting to the quarterback, Pat, and a lot of frustrated offensive coordinators across the field. Absolutely. He also did have a pick. You know, he did drop back in coverage every every once in a while, did get get an interception there, and at least one forced fumble. So got his fair share of turnovers, and he won his conference defensive player of the year. And like I said, they are a stacked conference. They're a stacked region and it's a stacked team and he's still showing out as as the best defensive player of the year so and that's part of that is why he's an Ohio State guy we go get the best from the best you know timeline wise he had 22 offers biggest competition for him was Michigan and Notre Dame he took visits to both along with OSU and then committed to OSU on July 3rd 2019 when I looked this guy up apparently Michigan was going for this guy extremely hard they really wanted Mitchell Maltzen but just another L to yep. OSU. <laughs> Sometimes it's frustrating to be Michigan, I would guess. Uh, scouting report-wise, 247 said he's excellent frame with length, can easily play at 240 pounds, position flexibility to develop into outside linebacker or defensive end in 4-3, or outside linebacker in a 3-4. Shuttle is 427 seconds, so they make a note of it there. Accelerates well, gets to top speed within a few steps, changes direction well, has good body control, able to sift through traffic to locate ball carrier, possesses closing speed, has athleticism to play in space, good blitzer in passing situations, Adding upper body strength needed, work on stack and shed techniques must continue, has to show more of a willingness to plug run gaps, being more consistent with drop depths and passing game needs work. They have him as a multi-year starter at a top 15 program and day three NFL draft potential. Yeah, and some of the, I mean, the way he's being described here I think is really important that he does need to be a more willing run stopper but it seems to be that he's got the vision to become a good run stopper. He can find them, like it says here, and find the holes in the offensive line to get to the quarterback as well. 
Personally, you know, watching his, his senior season highlights, he's probably got the best tackling technique of all the processes we looked at this year, mm-hmm. um, which is not saying too much because a lot of times you're just the superior athlete. You just run into these guys with speed, and, and they're going to go down. Yeah. He's got less of that than a lot of the other guys we've seen. A couple times he, he really got low and wraps up, which is good to see as well. He certainly does not look slow on tape. I mean, the no. 4840 it's not crazy for an outside linebacker, but, I mean, on tape, he looks fast. He looks really fast. So maybe, like we've talked about, 40-yard dash, it's a lot about technique of running rather than your actual in-game speed. Right. So 40-yard dash is important, but it's not the be-all, end-all. Really what's more important is that you look fast on the field, and he certainly does that. And do you make the tackle when you get there, and he certainly does that as well. Absolutely. Um. Like the scattering report said, I, you didn't really get to see him a lot against blockers. A lot of times he's just kind of using his speed, and I think people don't didn't realize how fast he was because right. he's just kind of running, just burst past you know the lineman who doesn't even really get hands on him and then just kills the running back or the quarterback. The old lookout block. Yeah, and he was like, like you know, a lot of times he's kind of just speed rushing them and they just really can't handle it. So whether his technique is there or not, I actually don't think that's that important because Larry Johnson is famous for being able to instill technique, hand technique, into his pass rushers. and Absolutely is. And, and like we always talk about, he's not quite there yet, but Mick, Mick Miradi will get him up to a good 240 pounds. He'll do it the right way. So he'll be able to have a little bit more strength for fighting off the offensive line or tight ends or whoever's blocking him. All right, and that is going to be it for our commit spotlight on Mitchell Melton. Unless, Jake, you got anything else you want to talk about here? Just the fact that not all, not always are you excited about a three-star guy, but this is one that you should be excited about. This is going to – he has the potential to be a linebacker or, if need be, slide into that D-end role. It's all about – you know, does does Al Washington get his hands on him first, or, or does Larry Johnson? Right, and yeah, it's not the it's not the sexiest name out there. It's no. not your five star guy, but I mean, a lot of times these guys are going to be the the backbone of your program, mm-hmm. and they could become stars like a lot of OSU three stars have become. If OSU wants a guy, usually it's it's for a really good reason. Yeah, yeah, and and a, and a name like Darren Lee comes to mind with somebody like that who ended up not playing the position he played in high school and ended up in a day one NFL draft kind of position. So you never know with these guys. With that, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back for the rest of the news and notes from this week in recruiting, guys. Thanks. And we are back for the second and final part of State Secrets, and we're going to jump right into it with this week's new Warriors. A couple names here. Buckeyes offer a 2022 linebacker, Jay Sean Barham. He's from DeMatha Catholic in Maryland, which is... If you haven't heard of him, uh, it's Chase Young's alma mater. Just you know, a small player out there. But yeah, he was pretty good at the football. I think <laughs> uh, he's six foot three, two hundred thirty pounds, and runs a four five eight forty yard dash as a sixteen year old. Yeah, physical freak to say the least. We just talked about Mitchell Melton, same size. Mitchell Melton ran a four eight seven. Yeah, this guy runs a four five eight, and I said Mitchell Melton looked fast. Right. So you can guy- only imagine what Jay Sean Barham looks like. Yeah, and we kind of talking before we came on air that this guy may end up inside, but 
this guy may not stop growing in time to stay at the linebacker position either. Right. Still got a couple years left. Yeah, he's only 16. He's only going to get bigger and faster. So when you're a sophomore, a lot of times that's that's how you get these types of offers, just by being a physical freak. Right. And and he certainly fits the bill. But sure does. 247 personal rankings, they don't have composite scores for sophomores, right. but 247 likes to do the sophomore rankings. They have him as a four-star 90 grade, number two outside linebacker, number 39 overall. A lot of people are just going to say he's probably going to end up as an inside linebacker despite being listed as an outside linebacker. And then once again, like Jake just said, there is a good chance, too, that he could just put his hand in the dirt and play as a defensive end. Yeah, and I mean, the skill set isn't all that much different. When you're in the middle, you're in the middle, being able to find the guys and shed the blocks, you know. So he's at least practicing something he'll be doing whether no matter what position he's playing in, in college. And then Buckeyes are going to offer another 2022 guy, and that's offensive tackle Joe Brunner. Yeah. 247 rankings also have him as a four-star 90 grade, the number one offensive tackle and number 58 overall guy. The only problem is he's an offensive lineman from Wisconsin, and if there's one thing that Wisconsin does well, it's cheese. <laughs> oh, offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. They keep their their guy, their offensive lineman in Wisconsin, and honestly, if you're an offensive lineman from Wisconsin, why not go there? They are putting yeah. offensive linemen in the NFL at an absurd rate. They are. And as we're looking at these numbers, Pat, one thing that stands out to me is usually your number one O tackle is ranked a little higher than around 60. I mean, we see a lot of times these Paris Johnsons and these guys are easily top 10 overall guys. But when you're looking at these sophomores, a lot of times they just put the skill guys first and then see where the the linemen, especially the offensive linemen, grade out later in their high school careers. And then finally, for this week's New Warriors, offensive tackle EJ Wilson gets a preferred walk-on offer from OSU. Yeah. Currently committed to Furman, the Furman Paladins. You could give me a thousand guesses. I wouldn't have come up with Paladins. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's got to be tough for a type type of guy like this. He's probably not going to play at OSU. Then again... OSU is also a school. They're not just a football team, and they're yeah. We forget about it sometimes, but that's very true as well. So we'll we'll see if we end up getting here. He's probably going to be a depth guy at the end of the day if he does end up coming here. But yeah, you know, it's nice to see. Maybe he wouldn't get into OSU normally, and this is his his ticket into a top scholastic institution as well. Yeah, good for him if if he wants to come to the business school or, or something like that. All right, so now we're going to move on to our front page and rumor mill, just the news and notes from this week. Um, Cameron Martinez gets his bump up to four-star in the latest rankings like everybody thought he we was knew going it was to. Coming. You run for 2,000 yards two years in a row. It, I don't care where you're playing. It's, you know. Somebody's giving you that four-star. Yeah, and he gets it. A uh, couple lists that OSU is making. 2021 cornerback Quincy McKinstry, fun name, puts OSU <laughs> in his top eight, five-star, number 27 overall. He's the number two cornerback in the class. He's the number one guy in Alabama. I mean, I don't put much weight into top eights, Jake. I don't think you do either. Not really. If you're a top prospect and OSU's not in your top eight, there's something weird going on right. here. yeah. You can almost name like six of every single person's top eight. Every sure. top prospect, it's going to be OSU, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, Alabama, then pick whatever a couple your other local guys. home yeah, state your local school states. is. So I don't put too much weight into this, but nah. you know what? They're on the list. Yeah. Something I do put a little bit more weight into is a top three. And 2021 cornerback Avante Dickerson put OSU in his top three. Four-star, number 77 overall, so still top 100 guy. Number eight cornerback, number one in Nebraska. Surprisingly, though, despite his high grade, there was very few offers 
in for this guy. Just nine offers on 247. He does have LSU and OSU as as two of those offers, and, and that's his top three along with Nebraska, who's you not know, going to get him. Probably not going to get him, <laughs> um, but it's a little bit weird. He only had this many offers, Jake. What do you think that's about? I think it's there's a couple ways this can go. He may be letting out the information that LSU or Ohio State is already his decision. The other part about it is sometimes these schools just wait and don't want to be the first, second, or third guy to pull the trigger and see where else does he end up with the USC and the Texas and an Oregon and, 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 and offers as well. Um, one thing I did like about this guy, Pat, I don't know if you saw the, the visual he put out for his, his top three announcement, but he's standing dominantly on an island. It's kind of showing that he's going to be Dickerson Island, hopefully, and hopefully that'll be in Scarlet and Gray. And, you know, at the very worst, he might only have nine offers, but he's also got the two best defensive back producing offers in the entire country in LSU and OSU. And that's why I have a sneaking suspicion that he's leaking out that those are the best schools for my position, so I'm going to end up at one or the other. Yeah, and, and maybe that's why other teams are not necessarily bothering to offer him, extend an offer. They just know it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Don't waste the time. Um, just one note, though. Buckeyes haven't gotten a commit from either Alabama or Nebraska since 1999, and it could actually go back further than that. That's just how far 247's database goes. So Ohio State, not really famous for getting guys from, from Alabama or Nebraska. But, you know, maybe this could be the start of a pipeline. Yeah, and I'll have to say, even though they haven't had a recruit from those states, they're still doing quite well. So it's not like not having a recruit from Texas or, or from Florida. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a different situation than that. Final, or a couple of final notes here. I, I have to be honest, I think Bijan Robinson is, is done. It's it's just not going to happen. If you're, an, if right. you're a Buckeye fan, like you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably not going to happen. I would I would just check him off your list. He recently had a long interview done by Bleacher Report, yep. and he said, I quote, I mean, I could go to Ohio State or LSU or a team that's already enjoying great success, but getting Texas back to where it needs to be is what my focus is. I mean, you see kids and adults say these types of things all the time and then immediately will go somewhere else. I mean, you can count all the NBA players and FL players who are like, I want to be on this team for life, and then the very next season, Somebody two weeks later, more money. they go somewhere different. Yeah. The fact that he said Ohio State and LSU specifically as as teams that he doesn't really want to go to, I feel like this is a tough one to walk back on. And I, I think this, it's time to give up on B. John Robinson. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's something we were trying to, like Ken was trying to hang on to Ricks for the whole season. But I, I think this is just one that you kind of have to let go. And to exactly what you said, for him to point out those two schools specifically as I could go there, but I think is is probably the door closing. Yeah. All right, and that's going to be it for all the news and notes from this week. We're going to move on to our Who's Coming to Town section. The season has ended, which actually means there's going to be more opportunities for people to come. Yeah. And one of those guys is extremely important. He's going to be in town. He's in town right now, actually. Right. And that's C.J. Stroud, four-star quarterback. He got to OSU yesterday, and he's going to be here today as well. And and this is a big one, Jake. They yeah. keep on talking about how they want to add another quarterback CJ Stroud hopefully is the guy. Yeah, they just they they need the depth. Uh, we we talked a little bit about Miller and McCord coming in, but sometimes these guys don't pan out. And Stroud is a guy that seems like he's gonna be pretty good. He probably won't be your elite first round pick guy, but if you need somebody who you can have as you know 
the famous like Kenny Guyton ish kind of guy where no matter what happens, you could be really comfortable with him in any situation. CJ Stroud is a big one. And again, sometimes part of recruiting is preventing the other schools from getting somebody they want. And Michigan really, really wants CJ Stroud. Yeah, Michigan, they were kind of late into the game for this guy, right. but they've been making a huge push for CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, in general, his recruitment has kind of blown up recently. He wasn't the Definitely. most highly recruited guy, but now a lot of top programs are after his signature. Ryan Day always says, I want four quarterbacks in the room. And there's probably not going to be too many, though. There's probably not going to be too many after this season. Justin Fields obviously will be here, but Chuganaugh is going to be gone. Gunnar Hoke will right. probably also be gone. So Yeah, and we've seen what Ryan Day can do with quarterbacks. So him not being highly touted before Ryan Day would really get his hands on to mold him isn't really that concerning to me. Right. Um, also here this weekend are going to be Mayan Williams and Jake Siebert. No shade on them, but I think there's a very clear focus on, on who they're going to be really whining and dining. Well, and it's all of a sudden it seems like Mayan Williams lives in Columbus now, right? <laughs> After the whole entire season of trying to get this guy here, we get him here, he puts his, or at least gives the verbal, and then now he's part of the crew that's here every single week. That's good to see at least, and uh, that's going to be it for who's coming to town, although... There were a lot of visits made by the Ohio State coaches. Before we get to that, let me yeah. I wanna do I do wanna mention that a tragedy has struck Buckeye Nation, and that is with the passing of Jeff Hathley. Yes. He's um, not dead. Not dead, but kind of going to be dead to us very soon. Yeah, he's gonna be he has taken the head coach positioning at Boston College. This affects the actual Buckeye team a lot, but Almost just as much, it's going to affect recruiting because Jeff Halfley was one of the best recruiters in just his one season here. Ended up being uh, number four, I think, in the 2020 recruiting class. Was probably going to repeat a top five performance in the 2021 recruiting class. It's tough. When you lose a guy who is this important to your recruiting efforts, we talk about it's decommit season right now. You might see some, some of these DBs decommit from Ohio State. And we're, we're already seeing rumors about, let's take a Brendan White, for example, jumping into the transfer portal. Who's to say he's not going to jump directly into Jeff Halfley's arms and go play out of Boston College? I mean, it's it's Boston College and Ohio State generally recruit different players, but Jeff Halfley is really good at recruiting good players. and. You just you hope that he doesn't grab a few and drag them out the door also. Yeah, and it's it's very common for coaches when they leave programs that their recruits follow them because you know, you you do have a relationship with the school, sure. but more than that, you really have a relationship with whatever coach recruited you. Yeah, a lot of times that's why you came to a place, not the case for Brandon White necessarily, but if Jeff Hathley says you want to come start for me? You know, a little under the table. I'm not saying money was given, but a little kind of back alley promise here. That's going to be hard to say no to for some of these guys who aren't necessarily guaranteed spots on the field. Yeah, I mean, you know, just throwing out some names, but you got like a legend, Cavazos, who yeah. if he really felt he, he decommitted, I think, after Urban left. And mm-hmm. now the guy who recruited him for defensive back also left. He's maybe one of these guys who... who Boston College is not a great program, but if you really believe in Jeff, what Jeff Halfley was selling you, why not go where you wanted to go in the first place almost? Yeah, and we're not at the point anymore where you have to go to an Ohio State or LSU to, to get recognized. He can go dominate and, you know, pr- probably in the ACC and end up with a lot of recognition and, you know, high draft picks. So that is... Really unfortunate for, for Ohio State. I mean, all props to Jeff Halfley. He did an amazing yeah, job Yeah, he here. sure did. And he probably will do an amazing job in Boston College, but it, 
let's just getting out there to you podcast listeners. This could be a really big deal on recruiting, and it wouldn't be, surprise me to see possibly some decommits or some hesitancy from the defensive guys that Jeff Halfley recruited. Definitely, and and now the focus turns on to Ryan Day going to find another not only defensive co-coordinator but also you're replacing like you said pat a top five recruiter that's hard to do so ryan day's got his hand full looking to fill that position i mean we all knew it was, it was sooner rather than later but this is sooner than i hoping wanted. for one more maybe yeah. but we're not gonna get it yeah. all right so let's move on now to the visits a ton of visits a ton of ton of yeah. visits all across the nation for our house coaches i'm not gonna go into every single one but i'm gonna make a couple notes of the of the non-committed guys that that we took a look at here. So nobody, no non-committed guys on Sunday. On Monday, uh, Kevin Wilson was out to see 2022 quarterback Chase Harrison, and yep. Greg Madison was out to see defensive back Hunter Waller, 2021 guy. Those are the non-committed guys for Monday. For Tuesday, Kevin Wilson was out to see tight end Hudson Wolf, and Tony Alford was out to see Donovan Edwards, running back, and Matt Barnes was out to see tight end Luis Hansen, all 2021 guys, right. all not committed. Wednesday, Tony Alford and maybe Kelvin Wilson were out to see tight end Sam Hart. And Greg Stadrara, sorry, was out to see offensive lineman Donovan Jackson, both 2021 guys as well. Thursday, the coaches were out to see defensive lineman Mike Hall. And Kevin Wilson was out to see Evan Pryor, running back from 2021. And, uh, yeah, that's it for the not commits. A ton of a ton of more already committed guys were also seen couple notes from from that you, you see a lot of running backs and tight ends on this list and you, you can do. really kind of see the focus on the 2021 class 2020 we all know how thin it was at running back right. just mine williams probably and then tight end not not really just the one tight end also in 2020 and that was joe royer, joe royer yeah so i mean it is it is a position of we'll call it need not necessarily for next year or any you know this kind of thing but We'll, we'll, we've talked about before, and we'll see in the future what the tight end recruiting class looks like. And I think they're just going for, for bulk when at this point with running backs. Let's try to get to everyone we can so we don't end up in this kind of situation in the future where we thought we had two guys, but we ended up with neither of them, and we're left you know grasping for a Mayan Williams. No offense to Mayan Williams, but I think they're trying to really get out there and say we need running backs especially tight ends tight ends are weird because sometimes they end up a wide receiver you often see them turn on the other side of the ball sometimes too uh the big thing here for me pat we aren't we haven't said it yet but on friday guess who went to see legend right he's we talked just talked about it ryan day is down there trying to get in his ear saying at this point he knew halfley was leaving and he probably said legend you know jeff is leaving but I still want you. You're going to be a, a big part of our future here at Ohio State. Yeah, Jeff Halfley was not really in to see too many of the guys. I think the only name on the list here is he was out to see Cameron Martinez Monday and it, he visited uh, Ryan Watts. Ransom on, on Thursday and also Ryan Watts. Yeah. So just a couple of these guys. I, I wonder what he was saying to them. You do wonder. And I, not that we know Jeff Halfley, but you can kind of get a feel for him in the interviews and stuff he does. He seems to be very professional, and I think he's probably still out there recruiting for Ohio State, but he's definitely planting seeds to the coaches of these guys and, and laying the groundwork for for his own program, at, which will be Boston College very soon. All right, so let's move on to our last section, uh, and that's going to be our rival watch. Like I said, decommit season, so a lot of decommits coming out. All right. Don't be too discouraged if some some guys come out for OSU. It's just kind of natural, but 
Moving on to Rob Watch, it's also Juco transfer season, Definitely. I believe, and, you know, early sign days coming up. But Maryland gets a bunch of guys, you know, like 10 three-star guys. Not going to name them all out, but, you no. know, Maryland's out here hitting the recruiting trail very hard. Another Big Ten school that's hitting the recruiting trail really hard is Rutgers. Right. And they hit, like, eight guys, three-stars that are committing there. They just got their guy in Greg Schiano. Mm-hmm. Greg Schiano said, you know, you got to give me support or I'm not coming. They said, we'll give you support. Right. And they get eight commits, essentially. All three-star guys, but if you're if you're a three-star guy, it's sometimes like, are you even going to Rutgers? Yeah, I mean, getting anybody who you target is where Rutgers has to start. Find guys who will come to you. And he'll do a good job of it. And we talked about it a little bit throughout the week is is Rutgers, let's not forget, isn't a fully vested member in Ohio in the Big Ten yet. So they're gonna put out a bunch of money for coach, for facilities, but they're not getting the full fifty plus million dollar check that everybody else in the Big Ten is getting. So good on them for making a making a commitment to a football team. All right, so let's move on to a couple other uh, guys. Penn State get a four-star tight end in Theo Johnson. Yeah. Michigan gets a four-star wide receiver in Jalen Harrell. And this is pretty interesting because they just lost wide receiver Tariq Black right. to the transfer portal. He's going to jump in the portal, and we'll see where, where he goes. But it's uh, just not a good sign for Michigan when somebody like that jumps in the portal. And ho- I mean, they're hoping this Jalen Harrell is going to turn out because they're going to they're gonna need to keep some of these guys eventually. Right, I mean— there was so much excitement for the Michigan wide receivers. It was supposed to be they had the, like the trio of of guys that are are going to be playing in NFL, right? right it was yeah. Tariq Black, Nico Collins, and Donovan Peoples Jones. Jones. Yeah. They're going to lose one. The other two didn't have the greatest seasons, um, and I don't know. They're going to hope that Jalen Harrell can be a bit of a replacement. Yeah. Nebraska also got a four-star wide receiver in Omar Manning. Um, Alabama gets four-star offensive tackle Javoin Cohen. And Florida gets a pair of, of flips. Two four-star guys, offensive tackle Joshua Braun, he decommitted from Georgia this week, mm-hmm. and safety Mordecai McDaniel, who decommitted from Tennessee and flipped to Florida. So Florida gets two two high-profile flips. And like we talk about sometimes, they're stealing people from their side of the conference too, which is, is a good sign for Florida. Right. So, I mean, Florida had a pretty good season for them, and, you know, they're trying to get back to that national championship pedigree that they had with urban meyer yeah. and tim tebow and considering the quarterback injuries they had to deal with down there they did pretty well yeah i mean you know kyle trask almost looks like he's gonna be the guy despite injuries yeah. so we'll see about uh, Felipe florida kind of say. kind of on the ascendancy here and we'll, we'll see what they can do but that is going to end it for our state secrets podcast me and jake bringing it to you no ken this week hopefully we'll get him back next week Yep, he'll be back, I'm sure, next week. I hope you guys enjoyed, and it's always our pleasure to talk Buckeye football with you. All right, have a good week, everybody. Thanks. And that was State Secrets recording on 12-14-2019. And that was this week's State Secrets with Patrick Yen, Jake Collar, and Ken James. Tune in next week for even more Ohio State recruiting news.